Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. Welcome to the Mississippi Minute. Gang, I have a question for you. What talent, work, sweat, time, and effort, man, does it take to become a five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, and a Super Bowl champion in the NFL, and a member of the College Football Hall of Fame? Well, we're going to find out together. Let's welcome one of the NFL's greatest tight ends to ever play the game, Wesley Walls. What's up, Wesley? Hey, Steve. Good to be with you today. I'm, uh, big we're... fan. Big fan. Oh, yeah. I love you, brother. You're the best. Hey, so where are we driving? Because I, I love it because a lot of our, uh, our guests, uh, I just interviewed, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Favre was out on his uh, farm doing something. <laughs> Uh, Coach Fox was hiding behind a tree on number 18 with the wind blowing, and you sound like you're driving somewhere. Yeah, that's right. I hope you can hear me okay. But I, I've been uh, I've been burning up the highway between Mississippi and Charlotte, North Carolina, the last few months, uh, visiting my mom and, and, and trying to do a little business down here. I'm in the real estate business now, so I'm working a couple of deals that uh, you have to be here in person, and it's, it's always uh, good to kill two birds with one feather, you know, just – not two birds and one feather. Is that the right saying? See, I don't I, even. It, let, yeah, well, it, it can be. It can be. We're, we're, look, we're, look where we're from. It all works. That's the poetic brilliance of people where we're from. See that? That's right. Just two birds with one stone. That's, that's all right. It. That's what I meant. I know, I know. Hey, so when you go and you're doing your real estate thing, you're pretty intimidating for, uh, for everybody. They just say yes. Is that what happens? No, you just the other way around, unfortunately. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the projects I work on are in small towns, and, uh, uh, you, and you come in and they, they think you, uh, you're trying to take something from them, you know, and when you actually try to bring some, some growth, some uh, tax dollars to the, the city and the municipality. So right. I, I like it, though. I, I'm the one that gets intimidated. I love I love coming back home and, and working with folks. Uh, we did something up in Pontotoc um, about 10 years ago with a with a furniture manufacturing company and, and brought in, uh, you know, started out with 20 jobs and then brought in almost 200 now. Wow. Uh, at that, that manufacturing facility. And, and the project I'm working on here down in Meridian uh, has the potential of bringing another 100 jobs of, of retail jobs. But um, it makes me feel good. I, I, I fight hard for Mississippi, even though, uh, you know, I, I technically live in North Carolina, but I sure spend a lot of time, a lot of energy down here. Well, your heart's there. I mean, I get it. You know, we 
did the Nashville thing for 20 years and I was able to move back. And uh, I know you, you spent uh, enough time in Charlotte playing uh, for the Panthers that it became home to you. I mean, you had such great success there, among other places around the NFL. But, you know, obviously we remember you playing there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love, I love that you want to give back like that, that you see the importance. Uh, you know, small towns in Mississippi, uh, we've all taken a hit. And, you know, I, I, I work on celebrating our art and culture and bringing business in that way when we can with music festivals and, and things that celebrate our history and our artists uh, from whatever genre of art, you know. But you're doing it. You know, with real estate, I love it. It's I, mine's intellectual property, and yours is uh, physical property, and it's it's a must that we continue to do this. So I I give you kudos there, man. That's great. Well, the, the same to you, Steve. Uh, one great thing about Mississippi, the, the the folks in the art world, the music world, you guys have had so much success and really shaped country music, all kind of genres of music. Right. And um, I mean, you know, the kings from here. And then you talk about uh, athletes uh, from this state. Uh, I'm just so proud that folks like you, the folks that that represent Mississippi and, 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 and want to give back, that they're still involved and still doing great things like you are. Oh, we know. Well, back at you. I mean, it's all we're all in this together. Hey, uh, Wesley, let's go back to the days of Pontotoc growing up. What was it like as a kid, and what were your folks like? Oh, uh, my mom. We'll start with mom and dad. You know, they. Uh, they were just workaholics. I mean, it, it started, I uh, got married early, uh, 19 and 18 years old. My mom started uh, at Bell South as an operator, worked for, I guess, 50 years before she retired and worked her way all the way up to engineer. And, and my dad was with the same job for another 50 years and just went to work every day to make sure me and my sister had everything we needed uh, and a lot of what we wanted. Uh, and, and, you know, it just really set a great example of work ethic and and, and growing up in, in Pontotoc, I was in South Pontotoc, a little town in Algoma. I went through, you know, basically first through the sixth grade or, or actually I went away to Verona for a couple years, uh, but basically first, second grade and came back into sixth grade and all the way up to 11th grade. It was just good, hardworking folks, uh, teachers that cared about their students. Uh, I got a great education there and at Pontotoc where I graduated. And I had people around me, coaches, that believed in me. Uh, I, I remember Max Stigall, a lot of folks. He's from Troy, Troy, Mississippi. He uh, he was our uh, defensive coach or offensive coach, but he's also my math teacher. He was also my summer employer. I would uh, I would go down and haul hay at his farm, me and some guys on the team, and make about a, I think we made about a quarter of bale of hay or something <laughs> like that, you know, putting it up on the, into the barn. But it just shaped uh, – shaped me that it taught me how to work it taught right. me that uh, hard work and i can accomplish my dreams if i work hard enough the the uh just in small town mississippi right it gives you an opportunity to to grow talent wise right uh i mean moving back from nashville our our, our son was a good really good basketball player and i just don't know if he would have excelled and had the time to to grow uh, and his abilities, if he would, we would have stayed in a school so massive in Nashville. You know what I mean? So coming back home to my ho- old high school, which is St. Joe, um, it was really cool to watch him really have the time on the court to develop. You know, so do you feel like, okay, okay first of all, were you always the biggest kid in the class? No, no. I, when I got my driver's license, 
fifteen back in the day. I was uh, five nine and one hundred and fifty five pounds. No way. Uh, I, I was. I was a small kid, uh, but I, I, you know, I hadn't really started growing yet. And and Bill Flynn, who was a high school football coach, uh, he came up to me, and I was in a, an eighth grade, about to go into the ninth grade, and he says, "Wesley, you you should you should stay back." Uh, you know, you, my mom's six foot tall. My dad's about and six foot. He's about 260. He was a big guy. Here I am, this little 155-pound kid. And he said, I think you got, you know, a lot of growth in you. And it wouldn't hurt you to stay back and take eighth grade twice. You get to take a couple classes in the ninth grade to help you academically as well. And uh, you have a chance to grow. So so I did. I took uh, my parents. Uh, we uh, we talked about it, and they were on board with it. So we we. We took eighth grade again, and the next year, about a year later, when I went out for spring practice for the high school team, the ninth grade, I was uh, I was about six one, hundred eighty. <laughs> I, I had a uh, I had I had started growing like a weed, and it just kept going from there. So uh, I, I really look back at my high school days and think Coach Flynn uh, basically talking me into doing that was the best decision for me. Do you think that you look back and you had your friends all the way up to that point in eighth grade? Was it like the decision really tough as far as friendships? And did anybody give you grief? You know, I mean, you know, what I mean, that's a, you, you, we're back in that day when, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, would it, w- was it a tough deal? Well, I, it was sort of because when I went out that spring for the high school football team and I was technically in the eighth grade, but I was supposed to be in the ninth grade, they were waiting on me. <laughs> yeah, we had a big senior football team. And, and uh, this is how small South Paz I was. Coach Flynn, the head coach, he had a bus route after school. So we had practice after school. And, and it, it, it wasn't a very long bus route, but I think it was about 30 minutes. And let me tell you, those senior guys, you give them 30 minutes of no football practice and a couple freshman football players, they uh, we got hazed a little bit, Steve. Yeah. Uh, I think they almost drowned, drowned me one time in a, a two-inch mud hole. One, uh, you know, they kind of kind – of, Enlightened me a little bit about what this high school football team was going to be like, but but uh, they quickly uh, accepted me, and and I, and I never will forget. Uh, I, I mentioned there's a, a senior high school football team. I ended up starting at quarterback that ninth grade year, and we really had a good football team. And and, and our our biggest rival is Tomatom, and and we always play the first game of the the year. Uh, they were beating us fourteen to ten, and we had a big long drive down the one-yard line, trying to score to go ahead 17-14 to 14 and win the game. And I never will forget Coach Flynn. He, we didn't have microphones and headsets, really didn't have hand signals. Coach Flynn would just sort of yell out the play. I'd walk about halfway to the sideline, and he would yell out the play, and he, he yelled out, counter pass right. I think the whole stadium heard it because the next play, Bozo Westbrooks intercepted the ball, ran 99 yards back, and we got beat 21-10. to 10. <laughs> <laughs> the memories. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're talking to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, that's ingrained in my memory. I can't ever get it out. I, I still dream about it. <laughs> <laughs> I got my own nightmares. We're talking to Wesley Walls, one of the greatest college Hall of Famer, one of the greatest football players, SEC history, also his illustrious career in the NFL. You're in a Mississippi minute. He's driving down a Mississippi road. We're going to be right back. That's all I need yeah. In 
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I hope it's not too late. There's still so much to say to you. <laughs> I'm Steve Azar. We are talking to the fabulous Wesley Walls. He is rolling down a Mississippi highway. We got a whole Mississippi Minute, which is 60 of them, so Wesley understands that because we... We take our sweet time, right, Wesley? We sort of just kind of like to enjoy uh, the time, and uh, and we milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't mind it at all. I, I love driving. I love just spending time back home. This is great. I appreciate you having me on the show. Hey, Wesley, let's talk about you, you were a quarterback, right? And that transition to tight end, where you start growing, and you're, you're six foot one, you're 180-something pounds. When do you start? When's that next level? And then when do you make the switch to tight end? Yeah, okay, good, good question. So I'm, I'm at South Pontotoc after my, my ninth, 10th, and 11th grade year. After my ninth grade year, we had a good football team. We ended up going to the Sweet Potato Bowl. And I think we finished like 9-2. and two, But but my coach, Bill Flynn, left, and we uh, they hired a new coach who was a sort of a single-wing T, uh, wishbone type of running offense and just really didn't suit my skills. And, and I struggled, but I kept growing. So I went from 6'1", 180. Next thing you know, I'm 6'2", 6'3". After my junior year, I was about 6'3 maybe after that football season. Probably weighed about 210 pounds. And my mom and dad, playing quarterback, my mom and dad get a a separation. They came to me and said, hey, you know, we're we're getting a divorce. I'm moving uptown, my dad said. And said, look, if you want to move up to me with me uptown, you can play football at Pontotoc next year if that's something you want to do. Pontotoc, who had, a, had beaten us all three years, I was at South Pontotoc. In fact, we'd never beaten them at all. And their quarterback had just graduated. Wally Henry, a heck of a football player, played at Mississippi College. And I knew that they would be, there would be an opening at, at quarterback. So there wasn't any kind of recruiting. It wasn't anything like me calling up the school and saying, hey, you going to let me play quarterback next year. I just walked into South Pontotoc's uh, – uh, the principal's office and, and, and told Mr. Hagen, I said, Mr. Hagen, I'm transferring to, to Pontotoc and uh, I need my transcripts. And, 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 and he, uh, I never will forget this day, he looked at me, he said, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. He said, you're a good football player, but you're you're a lot better basketball player. That's what he told me. You I love won't that. Ever make it to, <laughs> <laughs> you won't ever make it to, won't ever make it to college in football. And I said, wow. Well, I sure hope you're wrong, Mr. Hagen. I sure hope you're wrong. And, um, so I, I moved. I moved right about November of my junior year, right after football season. And I, I have to admit, I underestimated the pain that it was going to cause my friends, uh, my family. I had a sister back there in South Pontotoc. And then how awkward it was really coming into Pontotoc. You know, as a right. as this athlete moved in there, hadn't been there before, uh, had competed against these guys. and. There were three guys, three, I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of good people, but three are still my core friends from high school. David Ferguson ended up going to Ole Miss with me. Jamie Mitchell went to state, and, and Tracy Davidson sort of took me in and said, hey, man, we, we're glad you're here. We can't help to build something here together. And, um, and, and it just uh, really made me feel welcome. And at the same time, South Pontotoc uh, took me to court. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I remember. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very painful deal because, uh, I mean, Mr. Hagan was right about one thing. My mom loved basketball, loved me to play basketball more than football. 
Wow. Baseball and track. And uh, and I came home. She came home from that Mississippi High School Athletic Association. I walked in the door. She was crying. And uh, I thought I was just done as an athlete. But I, she said, uh, you can't play basketball this year. And I said, what about football? She said, oh, you're going to be able to play your senior year. So I was kind of happy, but it was tough seeing her crying about that decision. It never works out like the way you expect, but just like my mom and dad had told me and been an example for me for all of my 18 to 17 years, and you go to work every day, and, and, and you got a chance for your dreams to come true. I love that. I mean, you you had some obstacles in your way for sure. I mean, you had a lot of sleepless nights. Your mom did, your dad did, uh, and it's funny how you know you got to make some decisions in your lives that are difficult for a lot of people. I've never heard anybody say it was a breeze. They have stories like yours, and I just think that that's amazing. Okay, so all right, we're gonna venture up. Let's 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 get out of high school. You've survived all that, and you've advanced to your dream gig, which is at Ole Miss. Uh, what? Uh, give take me your freshman year. I, I can't remember who was coaching back then. Who was it? Yes, Billy Brewer. Billy oh, it's Billy Brewer. Okay. All right. Did did he? What, what was the recruiting process difficult, or did you sort of they knew you wanted to go there? Did they play hard to get? I mean, or was it just a breeze in the park to, to get you know to get that scholarship? Yeah, Ole Miss was always on, on board. They always went, were wanted me to come to Ole Miss, and so did I. And I tell you what happened at school one day. Um, uh, actually, there was a coach from Alabama in the junior year spring football practice practice named Ken Donahue. He had he had come to watch me practice play quarterback at Pontotoc, and then all of a sudden that my senior year about in January and football season's over, I get a note from uh, up at the principal's office that said, Ray Perkins is uh, from Alabama, is here to see you. Hmm. So Coach Perkins came down to the field house and he says, Wesley, uh, my defensive coordinator, Ken Donahue, said he watched you play quarterback your junior year in spring practice. Has some film on you in the 10th grade and 9th grade. He thinks you, you might be able to play quarterback you or Alabama. And I said, I love that opportunity. He said, he asked me, I remember he asked me how much I weighed. This is, I was about 6'4", 225 at that time. And he says, don't gain another pound. Commit right now to Alabama. Come on. And I'll let you try, I'll let you try to play quarterback. Wow. So okay, now we got dilemma. We got some dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> so you got confused. So t- take me through your mind, your mindset. Well, yeah. I, well, I told him, I said, I commit. I, it didn't take but a second to make the decision because I always wanted to play quarterback and felt like I could do it. And they, he was going to give me the opportunity. So I committed and, and visited Alabama that weekend, and he officially offered me the scholarship. And he asked me when I was leaving, he said, uh, do you have any more visits? I said, yes, sir. You know, I've got to go to Ole Miss, Ole Miss next weekend. And he says, no, no, you, you need to cancel that trip. I said, well, Coach, uh, Robert Youngblood, has recruited me. He's a defensive line coach over there. He had been to every basketball game I played in that whole year, and he's been to all the football games. And um, I promised him I'd take a visit, and Coach Brewer as well. And he says, "Well, let me tell you, Ole Miss is going to go on probation. You're going to go over there. And you're going to spend time on probation. They're going to probably offer you a lot of money, and they're going to surround you with these beautiful girls. They're going to try to change your mind." <laughs> Took another split second. I said, "Well, I got to go now, coach." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. He loved that. He had to have loved it. <laughs> uh, he did, but I, I, uh, I was so I canceled my trip. And uh, here's a good 
good good story for her that uh, kind of got me connected to Archie Manning. Uh, I had a little small job in the morning at a clothing store where I would go and stock blue jeans for. And I had a I earned credit at school, and it was one of my classes. So it was like a, a co-op deal. But I was at that job, and the uh, lady answered the phone. She said, "Hey, Wesley, it's Archie Manning for you on the phone." Oh man! And I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking it's with Jamie or Tracy or David. I mentioned those guys before. I figured it's one of them playing a joke on me. As soon as he said, hey, Wesley, this is Archie Manning, I'd grown up a big Archie Manning fan, and I knew exactly who it was. Right. And uh, I said, uh, I got real shy. I said, Mr. Manning, hello. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir, Mr. Manning. <laughs> and he uh, he said, well, he said, Wes, I heard you committed to Alabama. Um, play quarterback. And I said, yes, sir. He, he said, congratulations. What a great program great history and tradition he said we had our battles over there some of the best games ever played in college football's old miss in alabama he said i wish you the best of luck he said wes don't you think about a couple things some of these programs that tell you they're going to play you at quarterback just so you'll get on campus and uh and then move you as soon as you get there right i said yes sir mr just uh, like yes sir mr manning you, you i thought about that and i i just really want the opportunity, and no one else has offered it an opportunity for me to do that. He says, well, I respect that. He says, well, here's a, I want you to really think about this. He says, Wesley, when you get finished playing football to Alabama, are you going to uh, stay in Alabama, or are you going to move back home to Mississippi? Uh, and I didn't blink. I said, I'm going to move back home probably to Mississippi. He wow. said, well, why would you ever play in Alabama then? Why wouldn't you play at home? Good question. He says, well, I'll tell you what you ought to do while you're thinking about that. You ought to take your visit to Ole Miss. I said I will, Mr. Manning. So I, I called, uh, I called Coach Brewer, Coach Youngblood, you know, and, and I said I'll be there this weekend. So I, I took took my visit, took my visit, and then I they offered me a scholarship. I accepted, and I called Coach Perkins that Sunday night and said, Coach, you were right. I shouldn't have gone. I changed my mind. I'm going to Ole Miss. Hung up the phone. <laughs> That's the greatest story ever. I love it. I love it. That was it. Well, the power of Archie Manning, man. We all grew up watching him do his magic. I love it. Wesley, what a story. We're talking to Wesley Walls. Wesley, you get to play DJ because we are the birthplace, as you mentioned, uh, of of music in America. The birthplace of American music is right here. So I'm keeping it in North uh, Mississippi. Would you like to hear? I'm keeping it in the family, actually. You want to hear a little R.L. Burnside or Cedric Burnside? I'll go with Cedric Burnside. Going with the grandson. I love it. We're with Wesley Walls, <laughs> NFL great. He's rolling down a Mississippi highway, and we're going to be right So my uncle and me had to do the job as a little kid. So I ain't going to take no mess from you, no. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We were just two kids on the corner of Highway 1 and 82. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi we Minute. I could spend a Mississippi month with my brother Wesley Walls, uh, but I know neither one of us have that much time. Hey, Wesley, okay, Ole Miss was amazing. You had an amazing career. Give me some highlights I want to. I want to. I want to talk 
your time with the Rebels. You know, when did you meet your bride? Give me everything. I want to know what it was like. I, I got to tell you, it's, it's hard to, for me to look back as I'm older now. I'm 52 years old. I look back at those four years, and I, I get chill bumps of the relationships that were created, the, uh, the bond that I have with some of my old teammates, even some of my teachers, professors, coaches. Uh, it's just really shaped me as a man and as a person. And, and as soon as I got there, I knew I'd made the right choice. I mean, this is home. It felt so good to me. Um, we had a great recruiting class. We had one of the top recruiting classes in the country that year with Stevon Moore and Tony Bennett. Uh, a lot of guys that went to a couple of guys went to Rodney Lowe, NFL players it turned out to be. And um, in my, my freshman year, I was, they, Coach Brewer came up to me and says, Wesley, uh, you can play this year, freshman year, at linebacker, or we can redshirt you and play you at tight end. Well, that was an easy decision for me. I wanted to play immediately, and so I played linebacker. I played a lot. I mean, I was in every game. I didn't start. I was behind Jay Webb, who was a senior. Mm-hmm. And Coach Brewer thought so much of Jay and thought so much of me. He he asked Jay to, to room with me and sort of be my mentor during that, that freshman football season. And it, it was tough. I mean, when I say tough, I mean, I'm trying to learn. I'm, I'm competing. I remember we had a, 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 a Sunday night ESPN game. Not Sunday night. It was a Saturday night ESPN game against uh, Auburn my freshman year. Bo Jackson was a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, and they would bring me in on third downs, and, and, and they called a blitz. They said, get in there. Uh, and it was a draw play. I mean, I prepared for it, and I saw him hand the ball to Bo Jackson. He may not have even had the ball when I hit him, Steve. But I got to tell you, I hit him with everything I had. And the bur- I think I pitched a nerve in both sides of my neck. I just went flopping on the ground. I could barely turn my head, and I could see I could see Bo Jackson run for about 20 yards down the field. And I'm like, I've got nothing. Yeah. I mean, I hit him with everything. The guy just ran for 20 yards. And, uh, I, they beat us pretty good. And I remember crying on the bus afterwards. I, I just got my rear end beat, and I, and I, I got – he did that to a lot of that people, a, by the way. <laughs> so. I, I tell you, Jeff Noblin had to tackle him that night about 20 times. I've never seen a man. I played 15 years in NFL in the college ball. I've never seen anybody more beat up after a football game than Jeff was. Wow. That, that, day. Wow. that guy's he's a beast. But, but that, that, that I, you know, Jay graduated. I became a, a starter uh, the sophomore year. And, we beat Mississippi State my freshman year. We beat Mississippi State our sophomore year, and I had a great sophomore year. And then that summer, I went to a wedding down in uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi. And I had a date. I had a date uh, to the wedding. You know, they were all from down there. We had my best friend, Greg Smith. is He was from there, who, who's passed away the last four years ago, about oh, four man. years ago. But he invited me to the wedding. And, and at this wedding, I, I meet uh, my wife now, Christy Washington. Right. Uh, at the uh, reception afterwards, uh, we went on a date uh, the next night and, and, and dated it. You know, and we're still dating. We're still dating, Steve. You know, you know how yeah. that is. We've been, oh, been, I know. We've been married almost thirty years. <laughs> been very lucky and fortunate to meet Christy there. What a great woman! Uh, uh, I told I told this story at the uh, at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, if there's ever a, a, a Hall of Fame for wives or girlfriends. She'd be the first one inducted. There was a uh, sorority party the night we got engaged, my junior year in college. Uh, that we went up to Memphis, and the name of that that party was called Destination Unknown. And uh, 
I told that acceptance speech at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, I said, you know what, it could have been a more appropriate type of party, uh, name of a party, because that night we got engaged, we had no idea how we're going, what we're going to do for a living, where we're going to go. We just knew we had each other, and, and she's been there every step of the way. So Now that's uh, a song. We just knew we had each other. When we hang up, we'll write that together. I mean, look, that that says it all. I I love that. You know, first of all, you're either going to meet your wife in my world and probably your world at a wedding, a bar, or church. That's pretty much the three. That's your one, two, three Mississippi right there. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, for me too, Wesley, it was like, I mean, we when you're when you're that young because we both were when you're that young and you just jump in. I mean. It, you just know it, but like you said, it, they're in the Hall of Fame because there are these unknowns that are in front of you. Uh, the, the work that they have to do to raise kids on their own so much because they're sort of a single mom in a lot of ways because you're gone so much. You had a long, illustrious, incredible career, and, to, and I can't imagine you getting out of football season and just not doing anything until June. I know you had to stay in shape. I know you had to, especially the longevity of your career. I mean, you had to be gone a lot, a lot from home yeah, well, to have a career. I was. Oh, I, I love was, that. And, you know, yeah, she and she was such a committed, devoted wife and really kept me grounded. Uh, you know, she knew me so well. Every time I tried to think I was, you know, getting a little bit too big for my britches, she'd put me right back in my spot. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I, after my junior year at Ole Miss, I, I, I missed last three or four games. I think I played in the state game. I, I got hurt. We went on probation, and we lost all of our offensive staff. And a couple, I think we lost some of the defensive staff as well. And we had all these new coaches. And so spring practice, I mean, I'd worked hard to get my neck and my shoulders strong enough or I wouldn't have this problem again uh, in my neck. Uh, really, I think Bo Jackson started that. Yeah, but yeah he did. We all know, remember John Darnell. John Darnell and I were roommates, good friends. Right. We're, we're tossing the football around before the start of the spring practice. Soon who could throw at the bar. There's just kind of playing around. And Coach Red Parker was the new offensive coordinator. And uh, he saw me throwing the ball, and he said, Hey, Wes, have you, have you ever played tight end? And I said, uh, uh, Yes, sir, Coach. Uh, in, the, in the Mississippi High School All-Star Games, the, the tight end got hurt. And uh, they asked me to play. And, so I played tight end. In fact, John Darnell was a quarterback. He said, well, well how'd you do? So I caught seven for 97 and a touchdown. <laughs> he said, hot dang it. <laughs> he, he, he said, give me two weeks of spring practice. I can put you in the NFL. You're, you're a prototypical tight end. Get out of here. And I'm like, I was like yeah, that's what he said. I was like, coach, you know, I'm, I'm a, this is my senior year coming up. Played linebacker for three years. You know, I, I don't know if I can do that. And then uh, I talked to Coach Brewer, and he was so supportive. Coach Brewer is like, Wesley, if you want to do it, I'll let you do anything you want to do. If you want to give, if you want to play for two weeks and see if you can play tight end, we'll do that. So I, that spring, I, I, I practiced the last two weeks at, at, at tight end, and it was a very natural position for me. And Coach Brewer, to his credit, said, look, we'll let you play both ways your senior year. Oh, come on. We'll this is like the ahead. high school dream. This is awesome <laughs> in college. Yeah. It sounded great till I actually did it. I, I never been so tired in my life. I can say that right now. But it was uh, it was a really a great opportunity. And what it did, it created uh, noise. It created a, a, a attention to here's some guy at Ole Miss 
he's, he's going to end up starting at tight end. He's going to come in and play on them defenses as well. And it sort of got me noticed uh, by the pro scout. And they started coming. They started wow. coming. And when the when the season started, I just uh, I ended up making uh, first team AP All American at tight end. Um, and I think the game, Steve, that really gave me the confidence that I could can make it to the next level was the 1988 Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. We, we had never beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Ole Miss and not. And um, so it was uh, – Ray Perkins had just gotten fired, had Bill Curry over there, and and we went over, and uh, I had a decent, had, I caught a bunch of passes, seven passes, and we beat them 22 to 12. And, uh, I played defense, played on special teams that game, and this the, from that day on, my phone was ringing from NFL coaches, and scouts coming in to, to watch practice, uh, and just put me on the map. Everything you went through, your mom and dad separating. You're, you think about it. You're, you're leaving a school. You, you, you take an eighth grade twice. I mean, you went th- to court. Everything led to that. And when, when you finally got there and you were an All-American and you knew you were about to get drafted to the NFL, did the rearview mirror, looking back, was it all worth it right there? Absolutely. I'm getting chill bumps here. You say it. I, I can, uh, there, was a, there was a picture uh, of after I was named All-American in the Clarion Ledger, is, uh, I think it, uh, I think it read like storybook ending to to hmm. Walls' career at Ole Miss, and, and it, it really was to get drafted uh, by the 49ers uh, in the second round and to go out and play on a, a defending Super Bowl championship football team. Uh, I, I really had to pinch myself, and I couldn't help but be a little. Uh, I wasn't cocky, but I just didn't realize. I, I look back now and say, golly, man, everything had to happen just right. And, I, and sometimes you want to take credit for yourself, but I really had the right people, the right place, telling me to do the right things. Um, and wow. it all fell into place to, to get to the NFL. Now I got chills because you're exactly right. And that's what has to happen. I mean, the, more than the stars have to align, I can promise you that. And to, to reach the success that you've had, we're talking to the great Wesley Walls. We're going to be right back here in a Mississippi minute. I'm Steve Azar. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Keeping you up to date on what's happening with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Up to the minute reports on air and always online at newsms.fm. Your statewide news network, News Mississippi. News Mississippi, covering the stories that matter to you. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Your dark hair 
Dre. I'm Steve Azar. We are with fabulous Wesley Walls. Rocking down, not just rolling, rocking down a Mississippi highway. This is a Mississippi minute. Wesley Walls uh, was a whole lot of fun to watch uh, for me. I had a lot of uh, a lot of thrilling moments, and I just think that your story is off the hook. Amazing. It's amazing. So, I mean, you know, what an inspiration you get to be when you go do speaking gigs and uh, and when you're doing real estate deals to sit there and talk about stuff. You got so many great stories. You know, I played one year up there with Brett, and uh, I that. I was there that Monday night after his dad died and caught caught the only touchdown pass I caught from Brett that night. And I got a great story about that if you ever want to. Oh, I want to hear it. Like, come on, we're still rolling. That's great because when I talked to Brett, I brought that up, you know. And you, know, you got to realize when I was uh, in 1996, 5'6", that, that time when they won the Super Bowl, I was just about at every home game because Brett and I had made a record together. So uh, that, that the year of the Super Bowl. So uh, I spent a lot of time with his dad and everything. So that was one of the most inspirational games ever. So tell me about that. Um, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I still remember, you know, hearing the news and uh, about Brett's dad, Irv, had, had lost his life, had a heart attack uh, mm-hmm. while driving. And uh, we had a team meeting that night. On Sunday night, it's a Monday night game. And... and Coach Richard Sherman, I believe that's the coach. I get my name right. It is. And uh, Coach Sherman had a t- called us up and said Brett was not in there. And uh, he said, "Look, guys, you know, if you haven't heard, Brett lost his father today, and um, we're not sure exactly what he's going to do. If he's going to play or not going to play. And, we, and you know what? Quite frankly, that's not even the most important thing right now. The most important thing is we rally around our brother, our teammate, the leader, the heart and soul of this team." We're going to rally around whatever decision he makes. We're going to rally around that. And about that time, Brett walks into the team meeting room. Uh, he's hmm. upset. He's been upset all afternoon. Obviously, that news but probably just got a phone with Deanna. And he said, Coach, Mike, can I say a few words? And, and he got up in front of the room, the whole team there, in a little small room, too. We're just tightening it in there. And he, he goes, Guys, I got to tell you about my dad. Uh, he was my. My biggest critic, he's also my best friend. He coached me from when I was a little kid. He, he went to almost all my games. He's there for me every time I needed him. And I know what my dad wants me to do tomorrow night. He wants me to play. And fellas, I'm going to play the best game I ever played in my life. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Heard, I'm like, man, I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm telling you, I got chill I get it right now. And, and in that room, somebody said, we got you back. Brett, yeah. we got you back. He said, no, we got each other's back. We're family in this room. And, and if we could have played the Raiders right then, we would have beat them 100 or nothing. <laughs> we had to wait till the next Sunday night. And, uh, and I, never, I never will forget, uh, I'm, I'm superstitious. I like running out with the quarterbacks, and I'm looking for Brett, waiting on Brett. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't shown up to the locker room yet. And then, boom, he comes in through the tunnel door from where the uh, bus is apart. He's already got his uniform on. He kind of looks around and said, let's go, boys. Grabs his helmet. Let's go. He walked out, and the Raiders were booing. Everybody walked on the field. And when Brett walked on the field, they gave him a standing ovation. Wow. And on their very first touchdown pass. Very first you touchdown did. pass, Steve. Wow. Uh, That's he, right. Uh, you asked him about that throw. I've never seen a throw uh, that accurate in the right spot. I'm, I'm supposed to clear out the safety. I'm not even uh, really a, a, a – 
a read on this play unless somebody drops coverage. And believe me, they had me covered. But he laid that thing in there, and it, it came right down, and I caught it, and I hung on to it. <laughs> I it love the first it. time in my whole life, usually I had a little touchdown dance. I'd spike it, I'd, whatever we do when we score a touchdown in the NFL. And all I could think about was I'm giving this ball to Brett. Oh, man. And I, I love it. I love it. Is that the greatest story? That's the greatest story. Well, that's great. Well, Wesley, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. That's the way we're going to end this puppy. That's the way it's going to go down in a Mississippi minute. Been with the great NFL superstar, uh, Wesley Walls, and I've had the best time in a Mississippi minute. We'll see you next time. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. On family. The holidays can be emotionally challenging, especially after a death in the family. I lost my grandma last year, and while I know she'd want me to enjoy Christmas, it can help children cope with a more recent loss if adults open up. When uh, adults are open about it, it gives children permission to talk about their own feelings and to ask questions that they might have. Longtime teacher and author Lori Tracta says you may have to seize the moment if a younger child heard you talking on the phone, for instance or create an opportunity with a joint activity, maybe coloring or a game, and then share how you're feeling. You know, it's been three weeks since Grandma died, and I don't know about you, but I'm missing her. Especially important if there's any sign a child may not be coping well, like changes in normal behavior. Tracta also says something tangible can help the healing process, a book or a video they can turn to. Her book is called Can the Sad Come Out? With Fox on Family, I'm Lisa Brady. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.